do the most but i do a lot i'ma make a toast cause we still alive no big i feel like pop i shoot a shot i'm coming in hot It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Always have. 
Veritas. It's so good to be back together after months of being apart. Some of you for your first time here, welcome. If you're not already standing and you're able, let's stand together now. My name's Nick. I'm one of the worship leaders on staff with Veritas. Um, if we haven't met, come find me after. I'd love to get to know you. Um, when we're here, when we're gathered, I love this first Tuesday night when we get to meet on campus. Uh, we've been, this is maybe the hottest I've been in my entire life today setting up, but it's all worth it because we get to be here in the heart of campus together where people are walking by, worshiping our God together. Um, here at Veritas, everything we do, Jesus is at the center of. Every song that we sing, every message that we hear taught, every time we hang out together, every social, whatever, whatever we're doing, Jesus is at the center of it. It's all for Jesus, and it's all because of what Jesus has done for us. See, Jesus is our king. He's our comforter. He's our savior, and he's our friend. He's good, and he's worthy to follow him. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy to, worthy to be followed with him our entire lives. Um, some of you guys, this is your first time here, and I'm so glad that you guys are here. Some of you are here, and you don't know what you think about Jesus, but I'm glad that you're here too, and I want you to know that you belong here at Veritas. And even if you don't know what you, Jesus, what you think about Jesus, I ask that you would just stick with us this semester um, regardless. So no more talking. Let's just sing together with Chase and worship our King Jesus together. It's all about you. 
story of revival I know it's all about you your kingdom's all about lives change and degrades it's all about you sing it every story of impossible miracles it's all about
been singing about who Jesus is. Um, and if we take the Bible seriously about what it says about Jesus, we know that all good things come from him. All good gifts in life come from him. And if we really think about that, then the only proper response to that is expressing gratitude and thankfulness for the good things that we have in our life. Um, there's, there's a lot to be grateful in this world and in our lives, and it, uh, it all comes from Jesus. Like I said earlier, he is worthy of following with our entire lives. And so let's use this next song to express how we we're thinking and feeling and express our gratitude, even if we're not sure if that's what we're really feeling about life. But if we come humbly before God, it's easier to see clearly who Jesus is and who, who he really is. If we come without expectation and just thankfulness for the things that we have in life. So let's keep that in mind, in the back of our minds as we continue to sing together. All my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do but every song must end, and you never So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a hallelujah, Except for heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response. I've got just one move with my arms stretched wide. Don't you get shy on me, lift up your song 
We thank you for tonight. We thank you for this beautiful breeze that's coming in. Um, we thank you for music and the gift it is to, to sing together and the work that you do through song and through singing in our lives. I ask that you would be just moving in people's hearts and minds and helping people to grow in their love for who you are tonight. I ask that you would open our hearts to hear what you have to say through Kyle as he speaks to us that you would speak through him and that it would be your words, not his, that we're hearing. We love you and we praise you for who you are. And we pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. What's up, everybody? Uh, sup, dog. That's what I heard. Hey, if you don't know me, uh, my name's Kyle um, and I'm one of the co-directors here at Veritas. Also, uh, one of the pastors at the church, the crossing that we're connected to here in town. And uh, believe it or not, I've been now working with Veritas almost 16 years. Uh, I was a Mizzou student here, and uh, you can do the math. I graduated a while ago. And uh, I say all that because I, I never take for granted that we get to do this, that we get to be in the heart of Mizzou's campus outside singing about, talking about, worshiping King Jesus. Uh, speaking of being outside, um, how many of you know what a dark sky park is? Anyone? Dark sky park, dark sky region. It's fine if you don't. I didn't about a year ago uh, either, but uh, a dark sky park is kind of what it sounds like. It's a region, it's an area uh, where 
artificial light, uh, artificial light pollution rather, is restricted for the purpose of being able to, you know, just enjoy uh, creation. And so there are about 60 of these parks in the United States, uh, one of which, the closest actually to Columbia, is in northwest Arkansas, about four hours from here, Buffalo National Park, National River, something like that. Uh, I think there's a photo. There's a photo of um, this area. And as you can see, it's just this beautiful image, right? That's the, the, the Milky Way. I mean, it's just this unbelievable opportunity to be out underneath the stars and God's creation. And, and so as I was learning about these things, um, I just kind of felt like I got to go and I got to see that. I want to see that, right? And so I, I go to my wife. Here's a short story. I go to my wife, and this is about a year ago, November. And I said, hey, brilliant idea. Let's take the kids. Let's go get a cabin in the middle of nowhere in northwest Arkansas, and it's going to be awesome. And let's get some friends and bring their kids. And so about 10 of us, that's what we did. We went down to northwest Arkansas. We got this cabin way out in the middle of the nowhere, uh, no uh, cell service, no internet, no store for miles. And, and really all we were was in the beauty of creation without light pollution. And um, so the plan was, as these things go, to, you know, have this great getaway, to be down with friends, to uh, do some hiking, um, bring good food. One thing to know about me, uh, maybe it's a midlife crisis, I don't know. Uh, I love all things grilling and smoking meat. Um, and, and, you know, some guys, when they get my age, they want to talk about World War II. I want to talk about meat and grilling and smoking. And so I decide I'm going to bring a ton of meat down. It's going to be good. We're going to eat good steaks while we're in Arkansas. And so uh, that's what we did. We get down there and, and, and we do some hiking and it comes time to prepare dinner. I'm getting these steaks ready. They're going to be incredible. And then the door of the cabin comes flying open. Now, you ever have those moments in life where time kind of stops and things start to go in slow motion? That's exactly what happened because the door flies open and in runs a kid. It's not my kid. It's my friend's kid. And, and time just stops. I'm looking at him, he turns and looks at me, his eyes get real wide, and I just knew what was about to happen. He opens his mouth and just projectile vomits everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Now, mind you, I said I was in a cabin. What do cabins have? Wood floors. What do cabins in the middle of nowhere not have? Cleaning supplies. So imagine the splatter on the wood floor. Imagine the mess, imagine the sights, the sounds, the smells. That's all going through my mind. Here I am with these steaks preparing dinner, and a kid's throwing up. His parents run and grab him and kind of throw him outside to let him keep throwing up outside. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, what do I do with this food? So I just go outside pretend like the whole thing didn't happen. I'm just going to grill. I'm going to pretend. We're going to rally. This kid's going to get some fluids. Maybe he's just dehydrated from hiking, and we're going to have this incredible meal after I grill these steaks. So I do that, and I come back in. I set the steaks on the counter. I kid you not. Kid number two makes eye contact. Time stops, opens mouth, vomits everywhere, right? This is kid number two. Meanwhile, kid number one is still vomiting. So kid number one is about five feet from me. Kid number two is 10 feet from me vomiting. At this point, all hope for the stakes is lost. Um, how do you recover from that, right? As if it couldn't get worse, it did. Two hours later, kid number three starts vomiting. A few hours after that, kid four. A few hours later, adult number one. A few hours after that, adult number two. At this point, this cabin needed to be lit on fire. Right, truly, just, just burn the thing down. Anybody that stayed at this cabin, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, because it was a train wreck. I managed somehow not to get sick myself, which meant that 
I was in charge of cleaning everything while everyone else is getting sick and then packing my car because we sure as heck weren't staying any longer. And so that's what I did. We packed up everything. I packed up everything into my car. I threw a lot of stuff away. Get in the car. Have my car. Has buckets on their lap. We're pulling over every 30 minutes for the next four hours so someone can get out on the side of the road and throw up. All that to say, this trip that I pictured in my mind being this incredible opportunity to be with good friends and God's creation, eating great food, didn't exactly live up to reality. That's why I'm telling you that. See, what I had pictured in my mind didn't come... It, what I pictured in my mind was this incredible trip. What actually happened in reality was a trip from hell, right? It didn't go the way that I thought it would. Now, here's my question for you. Has anything like that ever happened to you? Not the vomit trip, right? No, that's not what I'm asking. I hope not. Pray not. But, like, ha have you ever been in a situation where, where you had something pictured in your mind, but whatever it was that you had pictured, it didn't live up to reality? You, you might have pictured uh, someone or, or, or something, but, but whatever that thing was, it didn't match up with reality at all. Now, sometimes, uh, I mean, of course you have, right? Like, we all know what that's like. Sometimes those things are kind of comical, right? A bunch of kids and adults throwing up in a cabin in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas. Actually, it wasn't that funny. It was terrible. Um, but other times it's more serious. So uh, if you've been around Veritas, you, you've probably heard me tell this story. It's one of these stories that has kind of just stuck in my mind over the last year or so because it, it just so makes this point. So um, a year or two ago at this point, I was talking to an incoming Mizzou student. It was this week uh, of, of school, and we were just having a conversation on campus. And he said to me in the midst of the conversation, I think there's a quote maybe somewhere, um, he basically said to me, look, I was one of the most popular, and this wasn't a flex, like he wasn't trying to be a cool guy. He was just trying to be honest and say, look, I was one of the most popular, he was from a, a, a suburb in Chicago, I was one of the most popular kids in my high school, had a ton of friends, was involved in a ton of things, and yet in the last 48 hours at Mizzou, I've never been as lonely as I have in my entire life. See, his picture of what coming to college would be like, it didn't line up, it didn't match reality. His picture, it didn't match reality. Now, my guess, with as many people as there are here tonight, that, that that story, it might not be your story, but something about that idea connects with you. Maybe, maybe you're like him, and, and coming to Mizzou hasn't been yet what you thought it would be. Uh, maybe, maybe you thought you would be in one sorority, and you ended up in another, or, or maybe none at all. Maybe you thought that your roommate, you would meet your roommate and you would click and you would connect and this would be one of your great friends for the rest of the semester, but it's not looking like that. Maybe you thought that your classes were going to be way more interesting. Did anyone actually think that? Uh, but maybe you did. Maybe you thought your classes were going to be great and now you're already two days in and you're like, what am I doing? Maybe you thought that finding friends would be easier than it's been. Uh, maybe it's not kind of the, the typical like new to school or, or back at school kind of stuff, but maybe it's, it's other things like, you know, I don't know how long, I, I've been here in Columbia X amount of time, and, and I thought that I'd be dating right now. I thought that I'd be in a relationship already, or, or maybe you're dating and, and you thought that you would be engaged at this point, or, or maybe you're kind of wondering like, man, I really thought that I had this plan post-college and, and it's not really lining up. Like, I don't know, I thought I would know what I was going to do with my life Maybe some of you seniors are feeling this. I thought I would know already what I was going to do, but it's not really lining up. I thought I knew what grad school I was going to. Not so much. 
I thought I knew what grad pro I thought I knew what job or what city or maybe you too have known the struggle of of finding friendships, deep friendships, committed friendships, people who know you, you know them, they know you. See, my point is, I could go on and on, but the point is that I think in one way or another, every single one of us, we, we know what it's like to experience this idea that, that we have in our mind one picture, but sometimes it just doesn't match reality. And so here's what I want to say. If that's true, if it's true that we can picture something and that picture doesn't match reality, we're here to talk about Jesus, right? If, if, if that's true, then, then let me ask a question. Is it possible that we do the same thing with Jesus? Is it possible that the picture that you have of Jesus doesn't line up with the reality of who he actually is? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that, that it might be possible, if it's possible that we can picture one thing and reality is another, that it might be possible that we do the exact same thing with Jesus? See, I think if we're honest with ourselves, of course, of course the answer to that question is yes. Of course it's possible to picture Jesus and for that picture to not actually match reality. And the, that problem is, by the way, not a problem that's unique to us. It's not a new problem. It's not a problem relevant only to, to college students in, in, in 2023. It's a problem that has existed for thousands of years. It's a problem that existed in Jesus' day. So, so tonight, we're going to see that very problem. We're going to see it in a passage from the Gospel of Mark. And, and, and if you don't know, that's fine. The Gospel of Mark, it's just one of the four biographies, if you want to say it that way, one of the four biographies of Jesus in the Bible, in particular in what we call the New Testament. And so we're going to pick up the Gospel of Mark about halfway through in, in chapter 8, verse 27. And this is what it says. It says, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi, and on the way... Jesus asked them, he said, who do people say that I am? So on that slide, you see Caesarea Philippi highlighted. And, and the reason I did that is because I think sometimes having context is helpful for understanding what a passage is saying. And so Caesarea Philippi, if you don't know, and I wouldn't expect you to, um, is a city in, in or was a city in, in northern Israel. And even more importantly, that the region surrounding Caesarea Philippi, uh, it was known for kind of its diversity of thoughts, of, of beliefs about God and religion and, and these kinds of things. And the reason that it was known for its diversity of thought and belief when it comes to God and religion and these kinds of things is because historically it had been kind of a hodgepodge of, of worshiping several different gods. So at one point, it's the center of worship, this city, this area, it's the center of worship for a Canaanite Phoenician god known as Baal. Uh, later, it became kind of the center of worship for um, the Greek god Pan, which, as it turns out, was half man, half goat. I'm not making that up. Later, it became kind of known for uh, the worship of the Roman emperor Caesar Augustus. Now, you, you add all to that the, the heavily uh, influence that, that Judaism had that, Jewish had, that that Jewish people had in the area. And what you get, the point, is that you get this melting pot. I want us to feel that a little bit. I want us to feel the melting pot of, of religious belief, 
diversity, these kinds of things. Because it's in the context of that melting pot that Jesus asked his friends that question, who do people say that I am? Now, part of why Jesus throws himself into the mix is because Jesus knows that, that people are starting to talk about him. And the reason that Jesus knows that, that people are starting to talk about him is because they're starting to follow him. I said we're picking up kind of halfway through the Gospel of Mark. So up until this point, what Jesus has been doing, his, his pupped ministry has kind of been, been ongoing. He's been teaching. He's been healing. He's been doing miracles. He's been challenging the religious leaders, the religious authorities of the day. And, and, and in the middle of all that, so his following is growing. And Jesus knows this. He knows that his following is growing. He knows that. Notice that people, or that Jesus assumes that people have a picture of who he is. He just assumes it, right? He doesn't ask if anyone's talking about, he doesn't say, do you guys know if anyone's talking about me? See, Jesus assumes that everybody, you too, me too, has a picture of who he is. And it's in the context of this melting pot that he asks his friends, who do people say that I am? So how do they respond? This is, this is what um, they say, picking up in verse 28. It says, they replied, some say, Jesus, you're John the Baptist. Others say, you're Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. And so we can't get into who all those people are, but suffice it to say that these are significant people throughout the Bible. They're religious men. They're wise men, great teachers. They are people with growing influence themselves throughout the Bible. But I also want you to notice this. Those guys are different guys, aren't they? Right? John the Baptist isn't Elijah. Elijah's not John the Baptist. And there are several more prophets. And so the point is their response suggests that there's confusion. You see, there's confusion about who Jesus is. That was 2,000 years ago when Jesus was alive. But the same thing is true today. Now, I don't know what this says about me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, every time I kind of interact with this idea, who do people Jesus say, uh, I read this passage, even I think of one thing, and that one thing is a person, and that person is Ricky Bobby. Now, maybe you don't know who Ricky Bobby is. That's fine. Uh, but we're going to watch a short clip from Talladega Nights, and I think you'll get why. Let's watch. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And, of course, my red-hot smoking wife, Carly, who is a stone-cold fox. I mm. also want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your Baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie... Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. <sighs> your tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist. He was a man. He had a beard. 
Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the damn grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, right. but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like, with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with, like, an angel band. And I'm in the front row, and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Dear eight-pound, six-ounce, newborn infant Jesus, don't even know a word yet, just a little infant so cuddly, mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and the $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. 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 <laughs> it's so ridiculous, right? I mean, it's just... It's absurd, uh, and it's probably absurd that I think about that every time I read this passage, too, but I think it just makes the point so well, right, that there is both in Talladega Nights and I think culture at large, there's confusion about Jesus. There's confusion out there. There are a, a wide range of opinions and ideas and thoughts that people have about Jesus, and by the way, that's not just an out there thing, is it? Right, as funny as that is, it's, it's true that, that though you might not think of Jesus as eight-pound tiny infant baby Jesus with gold-pleased diapers, right? But there's a diversity of belief about Jesus even here. I mean, think for a second. We're, we're in the heart of, of Mizzou's campus. So, so Mizzou is what? The largest university in the state of Missouri. There are students from every county in the state of Missouri here at Mizzou. Just as an example, there are students from every county in the state of Missouri. There are students from every state in the United States at Mizzou. There are students from over 100 countries in the world at Mizzou. This is just Mizzou alone, let alone the you know, other colleges and universities in the area. People from all over the world, of course, there is a, a diversity of thought. There's a diversity of belief, right? Like this campus, we are in the heart of a modern day Caesarea Philippi with a wide range of ideas and beliefs about Jesus. Because some people would say, look, Jesus was a great teacher. Other people would say, you know, Jesus was a good moral character. We can, we can learn from him. We can do things that he did. He loved the poor. He cared for the sick. These are good things. Well, some people, though, if you ask, they would say, no, Jesus is dangerous. Maybe even a step further, Jesus is a bigot. Some people would say that Jesus is God. And so, so the point being, right, there, there's a wide range of ideas and beliefs about Jesus. And Jesus is asking the question, who do people say that I am? At least that's the initial question he asks. But then he doubles down and he goes a step further. This is what he says next verse, Mark 8, 29. And Jesus says, but what about you? What about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? You see, that's the real question, isn't it? That's the real question that Jesus wants to know. It's kind of interesting, at least to me, that in, uh, so this is originally, originally written in Greek, 
the Gospel of Mark, the original language it was written in was Greek. And in this particular sentence, you know, we read, but, but what about you uh, in English? But in Greek, the first word of this sentence is the word you. It's so, so Jesus is saying, you, what about you? In other words, to emphasize the you. And so we can kind of imagine Jesus having this conversation with some friends. Like we would have a conversation with friends. Like they're on a, on a, on a walk and, and, and Jesus says, hey, like what are people saying about me? And, and they start to tell him, they say this and this. And then Jesus is like, yeah, 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 you. Who do you say that I am? You can imagine the, <laughs> the seriousness of the question, right? There's a lot more at stake with the second question. Than there is the first question because it's one thing for them to answer about what other people saying are, are saying it's another to say this is what i think you see jesus wants his friends he wants his disciples to state their own opinion not the opinion of other people he wants to know what they think what they believe not what they know other people are saying and so he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And he's asking us, who do you say that I am? See, that question for his disciples 2,000 years ago is every bit of a question for them as it is for us. And so one of the things that we like to say around Veritas is the Bible wasn't written to you, but it was written for you. And what that means is you weren't alive 2,000 years ago. Mark is writing to an audience. And so that wasn't to you. It wasn't to me, but it is for me. Meaning that every single word in the Bible is God's word, and it's relevant to my life and your life. Everything in the Bible comes from God, and it's written for you. And so that question that Jesus is asking his disciples, you, who do you say that I am? It's a question for you, and it's a question for me. And I believe that question is the single most important question any of us will ever answer in life. Because I think the answer to that question will shape everything about your life. And so who do you say that Jesus is? Well, let's look and see what his friends say. Verse 29, one of his friends, Peter, answers, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Jesus warns them not to tell anyone about him. And so that word Messiah is highlighted. It's just a word that means king. And so here's, here's what Peter is saying. When Jesus asks, yeah, who, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the king, Jesus. You're the king that we've been expecting. You're the king that we've been waiting for. You're the king that we've been wanting and hoping for and longing for. You're the king. But it's interesting. If that were true, it is. But why does Jesus respond the way that he does? Why wouldn't Jesus want Peter to run and tell everyone about him as king? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't Jesus want the disciples to go out and say, yeah, Jesus really is the king? Well, here's why. It's because though Peter was technically correct, he wasn't totally correct. In other words, he had the right word, Messiah, he had the right word, king, but he had the wrong definition. Because you see what Peter thought when he said that Jesus was king was that Jesus was going to be some sort of political ruler. He was going to lift the Jews out from underneath the oppression of Rome. But that's not the kind of king Jesus came to be. And we'll spend more time talking about that next week and weeks after that. But, but the point 
is that Peter had the wrong picture of who Jesus was. See, it's interesting because what that means is it's possible to know about Jesus. It's possible to know a lot about Jesus and miss who he really is. It's possible to know a lot about Jesus and still miss who he really is. And when we miss who he is, it gives us the wrong picture. When we have the wrong picture of who Jesus is, we have the wrong picture of what it means to follow him. And more importantly, we get the wrong picture of why we should follow him to begin with. And so if you're wondering, what is this? What's the point of all? The po- that's the point, right? We have to have the right picture of Jesus if we want to have the right picture of what it means to follow him, and more importantly, why we should follow him. So I've been doing this long enough to know that there are a bunch of different responses to this question that Jesus is asking us. Some of the, some of the responses, just a few real quick. One response goes something like this. Um, Kyle, I, I get that Jesus was a real dude. I'm not going to argue with you there, but are you kidding? He's not God. And to that, I would just say, I think you're wrong. I say that humbly. I, I hope that doesn't push you away. I want you to keep coming back. And in fact, my challenge to you is do so. If you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, yeah, Jesus was real, but he wasn't God. My challenge to you is don't go away. Stay. Don't leave. Come. Because here's what I think. I think that if you stick with us this semester as we study the gospel of Mark, I believe with all of my heart that the spirit of God is going to work powerfully in this community of people. And I think, I really believe that your answer at the end of the semester will be different than it is right now. And so let that be my humble challenge to you. Come and see. Ask your questions. I'd love to get together with you. I'd love to talk to you. Others of you are sitting there thinking, you're like, Kyle, I'm, I'm there. I get it. Jesus is God. I, you're not saying anything new. Here's the deal. You're right. I'm saying something that's 2,000 years old. I'm not trying to be new. But here's a challenge to you. What does your life say? How does your life answer the question? How does how you live answer the question, who do you say that I am? How does your summer, this past summer, what does that say about who Jesus is? How does this past weekend, what does that say about who Jesus is? How does whatever decisions you're making this week, whoever you're spending your time with, or whatever's going on in your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or how does your life answer the question? It's a hard question, right? I mean, it's just as much a question for me as it is for you. What does your life say? There's another response, and it goes something like this. I don't know. I don't know. And here's what I would say to you. If you're here tonight and you don't know, I'm going to say that's okay. I'm really glad you're here. It's okay. I don't know if you've ever heard a pastor say this. It's okay to have questions. I have a lot of questions. It's okay to have doubts. I have doubts. It's okay to be confused. I'm confused sometimes. It's okay. See, what I didn't say to you earlier is that that when Peter made this pronouncement that Jesus was the Messiah, what I didn't say is that Peter had been living with Jesus, walking with Jesus, following Jesus for weeks, months, maybe even over a year at this point before he ever gets even close to the right answer. And so what that means is that Peter was in process. And so if Peter can be in process, so can we. It's okay to have questions. Seek answers. Don't, here's the thing, don't let your questions, don't let your doubts, don't let your confusion turn into another kind of response, which is to say, I don't care. Don't let I don't know become I don't care. 
Don't let I don't know become indifference. Don't let I don't know become apathy. Seek answers. Lean in. Keep coming back. Get connected. Connect with our staff. See, here's the thing. This is true for all of us. Don't hear me say this. Don't come to college and learn everything about everything that you're here to learn and miss learning about the one person who's changed human history forever. Don't spend these years in college learning about all these things and miss learning about who Jesus really is because only Jesus will give you what you're looking for. So I need to wrap up because there's going to be a bell in three minutes. So I want to end with this thought. One of the things that I skipped over earlier in verse 27 is this little phrase, on the way. Jesus asked, I want you to notice, Jesus asked the disciples this question when he's on the way with them. Now, I don't want to read too much into a phrase because I don't know that this is the point of the passage, but it struck me when I came across it that Jesus asked his friends this question in the midst of a journey. And maybe this is cheesy to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that's exactly what he's doing to you and me tonight, too. He's asking us that question in the midst of a journey. You're on a journey. I'm on a journey. We're all on some kind of journey to figure out who we are, to figure out who we want to be, to figure out what our purpose is and, and, and where we belong. We're all on this kind of journey. I mean, that's what college is all about. And hear me say this. The reason Veritas exists is because we want to help you see how Jesus fits into that journey, how Jesus fits into your journey and how Jesus makes sense of your journey. And so if you could hear me say anything, I hope you keep coming back. Maybe you're new, keep coming. Maybe you've been coming for a while, keep coming. Get connected to a small group. Get connected to a connection group. Join a Veritas study. Come to Camp Veritas. Come to Passion. Go to Japan or Jamaica or, or, or VFresh and play volleyball with us on Wednesday night. We'll talk about all these things later. But I say that because all of those things are going to help you and me really believe this all being connected to all of those things is going to help us see more clearly who jesus really is see that's my hope you want to know what i want to be about that's my hope that's my prayer i want us together to spend a semester learning about jesus so that we would see him more clearly so that he could transform our lives not just for now but forever
in our mind of who you are and those pictures might be really really different and so we ask that as this week this semester goes on that you would be revealing yourself to us each of us that you would be opening our eyes opening our hearts to know you truly to see who you really are we pray that you are working in us transforming us to want a relationship with you, want to be shaped, our whole life to be shaped by you. So we pray that we would believe more and more that you are king. We love you and we ask these things in your name. Amen. Okay, take a seat for just a minute if you would. I want to tell you guys about what is going on this week with Veritas. So I am Alex Gray. Um, I help co-direct Veritas here with 
Kyle Richter, who you were just listening to. Uh, we and our staff team, we are just like so thankful that you guys, all of you guys, are here tonight. Uh-oh. This, we'll see how this mic does. Uh, but uh, we meet every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Uh, and tonight we are clearly here on Traditions, but that's not super normal for us. We are usually at the Crossing. That's the church that Kyle talked a little bit about. That's, a, that's the church that we are a part of. So starting next week, we are going to head back there, uh, and the rest of the semester we will meet on Tuesday nights at 8 at the Crossing. But next week, we're doing a big kickoff. We're very excited about it. So we're going to start things off at 6 p.m. We'll be in the courtyard. We'll have food, games, tons of fun stuff. Uh, so it should be beautiful, like not this. The, the weather should be really nice next week, which is going to be great. So come grab dinner on us, hang out with us, uh, and then at about 8, we'll transition inside, uh, and we'll do our normal uh, meeting. So kind of like tonight, uh, music, a message, and then that'll last like until mm, 9, 9.15 probably, and then after that, drum roll, we are dropping merch for fall. So if you are, ooh, thank you. Um, if you are interested in that, do not miss. Um, I've seen the stuff that we're giving out. We saw it today. It's very cool. I love it. Uh, so we would love to have you there next week. Like genuinely want to invite each and every one of you personally to join us next week. If you do not have a ride, all you need to do is go to our website and click the tab that says I need a ride and we will get you hooked up with a ride. So that is next week. We would love to see you. I am not going to take a ton of your time tonight, but I do want you guys to look at this quarter sheet that we gave you. If you don't have one, grab one on the way out. It has pretty much everything that we've got in the next couple weeks coming up. Uh, Veritas groups are going to start right after Labor Day. So look at that QR code. Find some of those groups. Look at the options and see if there's one that fits you. If you don't know, if you have questions, if you're not sure, if a group would fit you. All of us in black shirts tonight, Veritas black shirts, we are on staff and we would love, love, love to talk to you about it. Okay. Final, final thing. If you have been around, you know that we do this. Uh, but each week, uh, one of our staff, we love to leave you with a blessing. Just as you go out into whatever you're doing this week, we want to give you some encouragement. So if you would stand, I'm going to leave you with encouragement from Romans 15, which says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks so much for coming. We'll see you guys next week.
your house again freezing in the cold waiting for the moment i learned to let go i've been messed up a thousand times with tears in my eyes but all the pain it fades away when you say it right i try i try and i try to tell myself it's all right cause i'm
know I'm back, like I never left. I never left. Another spread, another step, another step, another day, another breath. Another breath. Been chasing dreams, but I never slept. I never slept. I got a new attitude that'll lease on life as a piece of mind. Seeking to find, I can sleep when I die. Want a piece of the pie, got the keys to the ride. And I'm straight. You died twice, once when they bury you in the grave, and the second time is the last time that somebody mentions your name, so when I leave here on this earth, did I take more than I gave, did I look out for the people, or did I do it all for fame, legend is exodus, searching for euphoria, judging through the mud to find the present, no ignoring us, got 20,000 deep up in the street like we some warriors, my mama told me never bow your head, Whoa. I feel Take it slow, but it's not typical 
Small talk, wait up the plastic weather. Mm-hmm. Uh huh, discussing color movements. I take my time, I'm not the forward thinker. You read my mind, better to leave it unsaid. Why can't I leave it unsaid? You don't know I talk too much. I'm gonna come put your lips. So what do you gotta be so talking to me? 
come on everybody looking for a dance floor to run on if you wanna run away with me i know a galaxy and i could take you for a ride i had a premonition that we fell into a rhythm where the music don't stop for life glitter in the sky glitter in my eyes shining just the way you like if you're feeling like you need a little bit of company you met me at the perfect time you want me i want you baby Ain't no debating on it. I'm still levitated. I'm heavily medicated. Ironic, I gave them love and they end up hating on me. She told me she loved me and she been waiting. Been fighting hard for your love and I'm running thin on my patience. Needing someone to hug, even took it back to the basics. You see what you got me out here doing? Might have threw me off, but can't nobody stop the movement. Uh-uh. Let's go. Left foot, right foot, levitating. Pop stars, do a leap with the baby. I had to lace my shoes for all the blessings I was chasing. If I ever slip, I fall into a better situation. So catch up, go put some cheese on it, get out and get your bread up. They always leave when you fall, but you run together. Weight of the world on my shoulders, I kept my head up. Now baby, stand up, cause girl, you. You want me, I want you, baby. My sugar boo, I'm levitating.
said, don't give up, it's a little complicated, all tied up, no more love, and I'd hate to see you waiting, had to have
most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. I bring the fire, but you never seen her. I testify, I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul, better go to Korea. I love my dog, just like I'm Peter. Gotta protect him. I made the call up, but just like I'm rapping. I know we left here, now we back together, but I guess that is better now. Later than never, like, uh, what's happening? I'ma need y'all quit asking when. Me and my wife gonna have some kids. Right now, we just practicing. Practicing. Teacher said, quit rapping, man. That gonna hurt my average. I said, thank God I ain't average. Yeah, I'm a bright young man. Kill the GPA, GPA. and the BPM. BPM. Look, we on. <laughs> so say what you say, cause that's A with Lecrae. From the A train to the A, I'm coming in hot. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in I'm still sleeping, so I had to shake them up. Shake em up. I kept it too real. Yeah. I wasn't faking enough. No. My real life was a headline. headline. Your real life got a deadline. deadline. My timeline was a hashtag. Your timeline just a hate crime. Coming in hot. Yeah. Feeling like pop. Yeah. Back in 94 when he took five shots. Pop. Too much drive to ride your way. Ditch my top, then I'm off that lot. Black on black on black on black on black on black on black. You don't have to ball a rap to get them racks on racks. No. Uber poolers trying to catch my vibe and find my way. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know I'm ratchet, but I'm really safe. Hot sauce dripping. Everybody want to start dipping. First, nobody want to listen. Now everybody pay attention. Now everybody pay feet. Even Trump got to take a knee. When the horn blow, y'all going to see. Make the wall fall down like, yeah. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Shoot that shot. Shoot that shot. Shoot why not? Hey, why not? Ain't no big. Ain't no big. Feel like pot. Feel like pot. We can't lose. We can't stop. We can't stop. Yeah, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Shoot that shot. Hey, why not? Hey, why not? Hey, watch out. Everybody leave Show me what it's like to dream Hey, go
started off pulling all these hours trying to keep it all clear i got way too many thoughts but in these expectations got me feeling stuck like I've been away, yeah, losing my faith, yeah, hope I'm not late, trying to find grace, yeah, for my mistakes, ay, I need to pray, yeah, 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 I need to pray, yeah, wake up to the mirror like, I need you to fight for me, when I don't know what I believe, yeah, why does everybody leave, show me what it's like to dream, hey, go! Let them know we gon' rise, we gon' shine.